Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Mel K Show. As you know, I am in New York City and I've been uh, watching as we slowly have our our rights and our constitution and everything about New York City and New York State seems completely upside down. And we have a hero here today, somebody who's out there fighting back. It's Carl Schwartz from New York Stands Up. And I'm really excited to have him here. I know there's lots of questions and he's really putting himself out there to do his best to uh, help fight back. And uh, I'm really excited to have you here, Carl. Thanks for joining me. Well, I'm thrilled to be here and be able to speak to your listeners and uh, really get some information out that I think is important. Great, great. Because, um, you know, I'm in New York City. You're in upstate New York. We have the Cuomo thing imploding, but that's not really what any everyone really wanted to see happen to Cuomo, though it's important. Uh, we saw the DOJ drop a lot of charges um, or drop the entire case of the nursing homes. And down here in New York, we just found out that uh, de Blasio is mandating the vaccine for indoor pretty much everything. And uh, people are scared. And then not to even mention critical race theory and the mess. So where are you and how did you come into this? And uh, what what uh, motivated you first and foremost? And then let's get into what you are working on fighting back on. Yeah, so my story starts back uh, a couple of years ago, right after the legislature had repealed the religious uh, exemption uh, for vaccines. Uh, right after they went out of session, the governor and Commissioner Zucker attempted to just unilaterally, with, without the benefit of the legislature, without any public comment period at all, they attempted to gut the medical exemption for vaccines. And it was, it was, it just, it had to have been the worst timing ever for our family because our son is, has autism. It's severe. He's nonverbal. Oh. Um, he, he was in an awful place going back about five years and our school, we, we worked very closely with our school uh, to find him a better school and a, and a place where maybe they could make some inroads with him. Right. Well, did they ever, he had improved so much that by two years ago, this month, when my family went on a vacation, we our, our rotary club here sponsors a camp for disabled children. Oh, wow. and so we were able to have our son be at that camp for a week and wow. it allowed my three daughters and my wife and I to, to take a family vacation, and get a little bit of respite. And, um, on the way home, I, I said to my wife something that was shocking for her. I said, you know, honey, I, for the first time in a decade, can imagine living with my son for the rest of my life. That, that's how well he's doing. Oh, my God. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, that's just where he was. And, oh. and that was the end of August and school started the next week. And Thorne is my son's name. Thorne came home with a note in his satchel. Uh, that advised that if he was not fully vaccinated within one week, that they were going to throw him out of school. Yeah. And we couldn't imagine what happened. I, other, I just, I said to my wife, they must've thought that we had a religious exemption. We just need to call the school, get it squared away. And I'm sure it'll be fine. Called the school. The school could not tell us what had changed. They could literally not tell us where it had come from, but they just knew that they were under new guidance. And that if he didn't get fully vaccinated, immediately um, he was out of school. And this little guy has had a vaccine exemption ever since the autism hit a decade ago. Right. So I, I 
I'm not a constitutional lawyer. I have no idea about how to bring a vaccine case. Uh, but when there was so little information to even know what had happened, I just figured, you know what? I am a litigator. I'm just going to file a lawsuit right. and force the governor and Commissioner Zucker to submit an answer. So I submit my little three-page complaint that is really very basic because we had no information to go on. Right. And uh, they answered with their mega, mega, you know, government lawyers' responses. Uh, and, and essentially caused us to withdraw that action uh, without prejudice at the moment because they'd convinced us that the doctor had used the wrong forms and that we'd have to refile the lawsuit. Yeah. Welcome to Lawfare. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks to the press at the time, the media came out really strong for us. Oh, good. Uh, we started getting calls from lawyers who do this, and we ended up choosing Patty Finn, who's a very good vaccine attorney. Wow. And uh, Patty refiled the lawsuit and we kind of worked on that together. I learned a lot while I was, you know, working on it with her. And uh, our son was ordered back to school a year ago in January. So he started classes in February and then COVID hit in March. He was thrown out of school oh. and he regressed awfully. The, the, the worst than he's ever been. And oh. then the, we won the case by the end of April against the governor. Right. So, so that's a victory. And, and that's on uh, uh, appeal right now. The governor's appeal. The school did not. Oh. But, but uh, Andy Cuomo, he wanted to appeal that case. He didn't want that to be the new law. And at the moment, all eyes of all those vaccine type uh, medical exemption cases are kind of watching that particular case to see what's going to happen. And I refuse to lose as my son's daddy. Right. And Andrew Cuomo, I can't imagine is going to back off. So whatever happens at the appellate division, I suspect this is going to head for the court of appeals. Right now. Um, it's interesting. I, cause I have a friend as well who had a religious exemption, different, but a religious exemption with five kids in New York city schools, same thing, same exact story. They got a letter, their five kids in five different grades, all under 14, uh, were told that uh, they, their religious exemption was void and that they had to uh, either get them vaccined or pull them out, uh, which then they went to homeschooling. It's so much harder with what you're doing um, because, you know, I've, I, my biggest concern when I saw the lockdowns was the children that have autism or mental health issues being locked up at home uh, without parents, I mean, then the parents have to also teach and you don't have the specialty. And, um, and then is your, how's your son doing now? It must've been horrible the whole year. So it, it was amazing uh, and, and difficult, no question. Uh, but he got back to school uh, when the school reopened Okay. and he has made, uh, he's, he's almost back to where he was, oh, but God. getting, getting the kids back to school was my next step, right? Right. So parents all over the state were looking for a lawyer that would file a lawsuit to get their kids back to school by last fall. Right. And you would think with all these skyscraper law firms right. that there'd be constitutional lawyers that would be taking up these cases. They could not find an attorney anywhere they called across the state. And because of our case with the governor, uh, when we won in April, that was out there in the in the press and in the media. So as people were searching for it, they started to find me. 
Right. And, and of course, I'm like, well, it's one thing to file a lawsuit when you don't know what you're doing on your own behalf. Right. Um, are you sure you want me doing this on your behalf? And they're like, yeah, we do. Because you know what? If no other lawyer is willing to bring the case, um, we, we've, got the, we've got to have the government know that we are pushing back. Right. I mean, even if we lose the case, ultimately, we have got to try. We've got to, we've got to get in there and be passionate right. and, and just take and put the pressure right on these governing leaders that think they can bully everybody. Yeah. It's a shocking turn of events in, in my book that, uh, well, we've watched the uh, left and certainly the Soros-backed uh, NGOs that, that finance all these lawfare things, but lawfare, as my, my guests know, I'm sure you obviously, you know, lawfare is when they, uh, they basically beat you down in the legal system with appeals and back and forth, and it costs so much money to, that their goal is really to make you give up. So as, as this has gone on, how, um, so we'll get into what's going on now, but with your lawsuit, so he appeals it on what, on what grounds? Just because uh, you have a right to appeal a case when you lose. So he's, he's just appealed it. I, I can't believe he's going to win it because the judge wrote a decision that, that is really brilliant. It's judge Daniel Doyle up here in the fourth department. It's brilliantly written as a wow. decision. So yeah. Well, the hard part is also, but the Northern District of New York and the Southern District of New York are notoriously uh, good at squashing cases. Um, and then they have a whole system that's like separate from the Justice Department that they put a lot of the cases in these schools that are for uh, autistic kids and stuff. Those cases always just seem to linger. It's amazing these people don't prioritize the children that need it the most, but um, so you fought back on that. So then what happened was we had the COVID lockdown. And then uh, obviously you started watching not just what happened to you, but the civil rights and the bill of rights and our constitution ripped up basically by the government. And then you, you got even more involved and started this group. So can you tell me a little bit about the next steps you took? Yeah, so it was very interesting when we were litigating uh, our son's case with Patty Finn, Patty Finn made this statement to me that was shocking. I mean, it was alarming to me as a, as a lawyer. Right. She said, Carl, we have no constitutional rights if the government can declare an emergency. It's just the minute they, they declare that emergency, they can walk all over your rights. I mean, if you plead constitutional rights, you are going to lose. And I'm like, Patty, I cannot believe that. I mean, I was trained in law school and constitutional law for a reason, wasn't I? I, I mean, and, and I've got to believe, I mean, the, the, I, the, I know these rights in my soul They're I mean, they're memorized into my brain and, and heart and soul. How can we not have a government that's abiding by these rights of life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness, and the right to control your own property right. and, and rights of free speech and assembly and, and, you know, all these, all these things. She goes, well, I'm just telling you, beware. And so what I learned in all these lawsuits that I filed on behalf of parents to get kids back to school uh, is that she was right. Uh, they, they come in with the government lawyers and the system is just like rigged and yeah. you are not going to win those cases. Now, we did have a couple conservative judges do their best with it. Um, they sort of suggested to uh, the governor's attorneys that uh, the governor should be uh, negotiating with us. Uh, because, you know, there was some jeopardy, we could win our case. And then what would he have? Right? Right. So that's when the governor actually started to change his position. That was back to December 
of last year. And he actually came out with a statement that schools are the safest place for the kids to be. And we really need to get our kids back to school. Yeah. So what that caused us to do is to start bringing lawsuits against county executives, Good. And county medical health directors. And we actually affixed a copy of the governor's press release as one of the exhibits in the lawsuit. And so that went to another whole level. Uh, and so these are now individual lawsuits. We had one in Monroe County that went the longest. It, it, it was just dismissed here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, the one we were going to file in Onondaga County, uh, mm -hmm. they actually stood down. The government knew that it was about to happen. And uh, the county executive uh, found a way to fund the dividers for the students at school. And they funded that for all of the public schools in the Syracuse region. So that one was wow. a success. Uh, we had another one that we litigated in Broome County, where in January, the kids were in school one day of the week. And uh, what they did there is they just, you know, there's adjournments, adjournments, and we were finally coming up on the court appearance uh, in April. And then, and then they folded. They said, oh, we're going to get the kids back to school on, you know, next Monday. So, so there, there, there it is. And, and I said from the beginning, I don't care if, if we don't win these with a declaration by a judge eventually, I care that we get the right thing done by the government. So if these lawsuits do nothing but just force governing leaders to act responsibly and protect the people, I am happy not to have these winning cases on my record. Right. And because uh, I've been saying for a while now, because now we're dealing with a whole new level of stuff uh, that's going on with the, the uh, critical race theory, the LGBTQ and the teachers union uh, basically telling parents, you have no right what we're teaching. It's up to us. It's not up to you. Um, and uh, I see people fighting back, but parents feel really helpless. So um, are you are you finding um, people coming to you about that, too? I mean, the masks and the vaccines is horrendous enough, but also the hijacking of education by social justice warriors. That is, I believe, child abuse in a lot of senses. Uh, are you seeing anything come come your way about that? Yeah, there, there is everything coming my way now. I mean, I'm once sure. once people found out that I was willing to take on the government when they couldn't find other lawyers that were willing to do it. I mean, that has changed a little bit recently. We've had more and more lawyers start contacting us right. and they're, they're offering their services, but there are very few who are really highly skilled at it. And right. uh, I could see as we were doing the litigation for the school stuff that we needed a, a, a bigger vehicle, if you will, to sort of work from, to, to fundraise from, right. and to organize efforts. And so that's when I got involved with the New York Stands Up group and Pam Popper and Tom Renz. Right. Uh, and, we, and, and we got incorporated as a New York chapter because I, I see the issues being bigger, right? I right. mean, there, and there are a lot of them. And, uh, and this stuff is complicated. I mean, we, we, we can have a lawsuit ready to go that that's a huge lawsuit. Right. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, somewhere in the country or somewhere else in the state, a judge rules on something. And then you're like, Oh no, right. if we don't change this part of our lawsuit right now, we're likely going to lose because of what just happened in that case. Right. But and isn't so that, 
You know, I have a question about that. I know now, now you know more than you did about the Constitution, but you know, it's my understanding that according to the Constitution, that whole case law thing that they always use really shouldn't be uh, the, the deciding factors. I know it's used that way, but it just seems like everything gets conflated and they're all working together. And, and the big question is, why? Like, what is going on that the Constitution, even still, now the Biden administration is in there, and they're pushing things that are totally unconstitutional. And um, what? how do we get so far away from uh, the original intention of the Constitution? And why are these judges and, um, and prosecutors and DAs never held accountable for, for what they're doing to lawyers like you, which is, I think, pushing and pushing and pushing to try to make you give up? Well, it's it's a combination of things. There been a lot of years where, you know, court cases were going through the system. Uh, you know, we, we were enjoying our liberties, our rights, our freedoms. And so we were kind of asleep at the wheel. Right. I, I mean, we didn't you didn't have to wonder who you were voting for, right. for your local assembly person. It's like whoever you voted for, you know, while you were growing up, just seemed to do the job and everything got done. And, you know, whether you agreed with you know, what party they were in. It just, you know, it, it just didn't, it didn't seem to matter that much. Well, guess what? <laughs> it does matter. We've, yeah. we've learned if you don't want one person in a state to have the power to tell you who can be in your house on Thanksgiving day Fine. and whether or not you're going to be wearing a mask with your own family, then, then you better get out and you better do something about it. And you better make sure you've got somebody running for that office uh, right. that can't hurt you. And, right. and that's the case with every executive in the United States, be it a mayor, a governor, the president. Uh, it, it, we have just got to wake up, wake up, stand up, newyorkstandsup.org. That's where right. you can check <laughs> us out, right? Yeah. And, uh, because we're, we're not going to take this stuff and, and it's not going to end. And, and we are getting more and more organized as right. we go. And we're becoming more strategic because you know, we're watching cases get lost and we're, it's right. like, hey, we've got to find ways that we can beat this thing. And it's not going to happen just in courts. It's got to happen at the polling booth, right? Polling yeah. stations. People need to be at the polling stations that have the ability to oversee them and ensure right. that our votes actually are counting. And then people have got to get with it and, and contribute monies right. uh, because it takes money to hire the specialist uh, that can get this stuff done. Right. And a big problem that I've been seeing first, I was wondering what my mom was a teacher for 35 years. And I was wondering when did this happen that teachers put themselves before children or especially uh, special needs kids were put at the bottom of the list for like priorities to, to the teachers and the unions. Uh, and I started to really look into it. And the truth is there's all these NGOs that are heavily financed by uh, Bloomberg, Soros and the, and the like that have infiltrated our local governments. And what I've been looking at is who are these people in our, in our school board? Who are these judges? Who are, who are the city council people? And like you said, we, we weren't paying attention, but they were, and, and they were, and they have a different uh, agenda, which apparently seems to be uh, showing itself more and more as people wake up through this, which is, I believe, the complete and total um, destruction of not just the nuclear family and regular education, because in New York, you know, right when COVID came, we had Cuomo march out with uh, Bill Gates and Eric Schmidt to tell everyone that he was going to reimagine New York. 
And I had been looking into this whole great reset, build back better. And I thought, oh my God, he sold us out. He's selling us out to these globalists. And, and that seems to be that uh, whole common core and all of this. And like you said, the problem is that um, they've infiltrated the elections. So when somebody, when a good guy is running for school board and then Soros picks somebody who they give fellowships and this and that, and then gives them a million dollars to fight the little guy who has 20 grand and that's it. And that's, that's the biggest thing because um, like you said, we need to find the next generation, the next bunch of leaders. And again, a lot of people also, you know, they pick Republican and just Republican down the line. We, we, it, it's irresponsible at this point, not to look at what every person's background is. And um, now with the, uh, with the new, now we're on to a new phase of this. And I wonder, because you brought up the, the original vaccine mandate thing, and it's starting to really look like this was a long-term plan. I'm somebody uh, in all the research and everything I do that believes that this uh, COVID, the whole thing, was uh, well planned out and orchestrated as per the Rockefeller Institute uh, Operation Lockstep. And then, of course, uh, Bill Gates, Bloomberg, uh, Johns Hopkins, and the media, Event 201, that happened a year before COVID came that played out exactly as they simulated it. And now the question is, were they, I, I believe probably that they were planning when they, when they did the original, um, uh, the original case that affected your son, that this vaccine thing was already in the works. And now we're at a place where they are threatening Cuomo and de Blasio are threatening mandates for vaccines to go back to school to work in hospitals, to do all this. Isn't that against international law, let alone our HIPAA, all of that? What is so, going on with that? Yeah, so it is. And I'm, I'm careful as an attorney and officer of the court uh, to ever try to know what's the motive in somebody's mind, like, or when they started thinking certain ways. I've experienced real true evil uh, in the world. And so it's out there and we have to deal with it. And my view on, you know, these problem people is that you deal with it when you see them try to force their hand or force your hand. Uh, that's when you deal with it. And, and, and then you don't stop dealing with it. Uh, the reality is you've got, you know, unauthorized uh, or unapproved authorized for emergency use medical devices, be it the vaccine itself, the PCR right. test or the wearing of masks. Uh, which require informed consent. And, and it is just this simple. They are trying to rob us of our informed consent. And people just need to stand up and say, no, we're not doing it. We don't care. And then, you know, if they try to lock us out of our various institutions, we need to deal with that. I mean, it's just, it's got to be dealt with. And right. how, how that's going to happen, I don't know. But I, I know this, it won't happen if the people don't stand up. Right. Right. And it's coming out more and more obviously that it, it in fact was not the pandemic that they uh, that they purported it to be to get these emergency powers and really that they held back uh, therapeutics and, and other options for people uh, in the guise of getting this vaccine. And, and nobody's ever seen anything. First of all, it's worldwide, the same talking points, the same push and all of that, which is concerning enough. But um, nobody's ever seen anything like this uh, push to get something in your body that is experimental. And to me, I, I just I feel like 
it's it's a it's a crime. It's got to be criminal to some extent. No. Well, I I don't know about don't know. criminal. I don't know. I know there are people looking at that who are attorneys in other parts of the world. Uh, I I have seen the push for the seasonal flu vaccine on the rise year after year. That that was being pushed pretty hard. And right. I just feel like it's this was just a continuation of it at, at an ultimate level. Yeah. And uh, and if you know math, if you if you understand math, right. you cannot make the math of COVID-19 work as this big pandemic that's an emergency for the American people or the right. peoples of the world. You just can't do it. And it's the brilliance of the lawsuit that we filed most recently for New York Stands Up. Right. Uh, the, the way Patty Finn uh, drafted that complaint is that uh, instead of questioning the government's numbers, which are questionable, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, they really are. I mean, if somebody would take the time to do discovery, who knows what all we would find behind those death certificates, right? Right. Right. But, well, also but, the CDC changed the, the recording thing at last minute. I had a doctor on that said that the CDC, in fact, turned everything around and said that no matter what anyone died of, if they tested positive for COVID, of course, now they're saying that the COVID test can't tell the difference after 17 months between the flu and SARS-CoV-2. But it also the CDC changed the recording um, and said that no matter what, COVID was number one, even if it was a death from heart disease or, or cancer. So to me, that's right there. Shocking enough. Yeah. That, to me, that feels like fraud, right. all right, fraud. Right. And, and, yeah. in what we're not smart enough as American people to figure this stuff out. I mean, we look around, you, you look around to see who's dying and, and what are they dying from? Right. And, and the, the math just doesn't work. So Patty Finn and, and the lawsuit that we filed instead of arguing that math, uses the CDC math, which is so tiny mathematically, numerically, right. that, that it could never be said to be a legal emergency that would allow the, the, the emergency use uh, of all these un, unapproved medical devices. Right. And what's interesting, though, and scary to me, and I wonder what you think of this, is these corporations and companies coming out and saying that you can't work there anymore unless you're vaccinated. I'm in a union and, and my in my union, they're saying, no, nope, you can't. If you're not vaccinated, it's up to the production company or whatever. And to me, I would think that this would be I don't understand that. Again, it's experimental. They have no long term studies on side effects, short or long term. And no, no journalist works anymore for We the People. So they're not saying to them, how can you mandate something that you have no idea of the long-term effects? But these companies and also school districts, hospitals that are mandating that you have to have the vaccine to work there, aren't they setting themselves up for horrendous lawsuits? God forbid something does happen? Well, we don't know. I, I think my instinct as a litigator is, of course, I mean, right. this is not lawful and you're trying to force it on people. And, and that would seem to create damages. And right. that's a that's an actionable cause of action. Right. I, it would seem to me. But, you know, to watch what our courts have done in how they've addressed this stuff, I, it, it, it gives me pause for concern. It, it makes me wonder if right. we're going to have what we need when we need it from our from our system. 
Right. Well, thank God there's people like you and, and Patty out there that are organizing people because it, we need to be as organized. That's the other thing about us for the last 20 years. While, while Soros and them are infiltrating our government, our local government, we're not paying attention. And now we're so far behind. They have their army. And it's amazing how many tentacles the, the left, the ultra progressive globalist left, their tentacles are everywhere in every town, everywhere you look. And then the, the thing that's now um, coming through to me is that um, we are at a place where there is also no oversight for these. What is going on? There's no oversight for these judges or these um, law lawyers or prosecutors or DAs. There's supposed to be some kind of oversight of the judges that are doing this. And it appears to me that that is not working. <laughs> well, so judges are duly elected to their office. And so the oversight, quote unquote, for the most part, comes from the appellate process, right? So if a judge does something, it just doesn't seem to, to pass muster right. uh, with the law. Well, then your opportunity is to appeal the case and take it up, expecting that you're going to have a panel of judges who review it and say, yeah, you're right. Um, we're we're going to either remand this thing and, and order that the judge do X, Y, and Z, or we're just going to overturn it ourselves right here. And you'd hope you'd see that. But, uh, you know, one, it takes time to do appellate work, right? So this is all moving so fast. And, and these lawsuits that, you know, they've been denied. Right. It takes a while to get an appeal ready. It takes money to get the appeal ready. Right. And then, and, and then you just, you got to wait it out. And so, you know, we're not going to know, we're not going to know for years how all these right. cases come down. And they make you wait it out. They, they, they don't, they're not prioritizing it. And, you know, it's like, it's only, it's going to be up to we, the people at this point. And, and there's no other way about it going back to the constitution and saying, no, this is the only legitimate law in, in our, in our country, not the ones that you've all concocted and, and blocked anyone, but there is the issue of money. And I, I, I want people to go to your site and donate uh, big time. And also, um, are you, are you uh, amassing bunches of lawyers that want to get involved? Well, you yeah, know, that's important. It's it's a difficult one because if the lawyer doesn't have a skill set that can really help us, then what it does is it hinders the person who can really do the work. Right. And so it's it's of limited value. We appreciate it. Right. Uh, in in some ways, frankly, um, if those same lawyers would get working with a grassroots organization in their area, right, that's probably more productive in the long run, right? That's where we need it. We need, we need lawyers that are at the polling stations watching the votes come in, you know, they, they're authorized to be there and do that. And so, right. you know, they should be doing that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So people should be getting involved locally. Now, um, what, what, are, what actions are you working on now? I mean, it must be changing dramatically every, every week, every time that they do something, it's like, so now we're back at the Delta variant. Of course, they have no test for the original one. So I don't know how they're testing this one, but apparently it's out of control. Um, and uh, we're, we're dealing with it, you know, as they come. What are you working on actually right now? And um, I want people to know how they can also find you and help you because people have to understand the amount of money it costs to continue these cases. That's part of what lawfare is about is to bankrupt anyone or or suck out all the money so that somebody like you cannot keep fighting. 
And this is, it's a really sad, ugly thing about it because they have the taxpayer money and you need to get private funds. And people have to understand rather than giving money right now to whatever candidate, people should be giving money to groups like yours that are fighting the good fight for we the people uh, because uh, people have to understand it's not about money. It's about staying in the fight and they do everything they can. I've seen it, especially with, because uh, I work a lot with the child trafficking stuff and with that Nexium case, that was their MO up there in uh, in Northern District of New York was it just kept being anyone that went up against that, try to bring them down, they would lawfare them to the point that they were bankrupt and had to give up the case. So at this point, um, where, where, what are you working on now and how can people help you financially to keep going? Cause that's most important. That's their goal is to make you broke. Yep. So, so because it's breaking so quickly, Yeah. I mean, we literally have college kids oh. in, in the universities that are being told you either take, either get the vaccine or else Right. you got school age kids where districts are thinking about masking them up come fall. You know, you've got employees in medical centers in other types of businesses that are private businesses that are being told they have to, you know, mask or take right. the test or get the vaccine. Right. And then you got the public employees. And so, you know, we, we, we consider, you know, as the team that we have, we're considering everything all the time and that it just doesn't stop. Right. Cause the, the information is coming at us. Like you can't believe, but I right. can tell you that right now we're working on uh, trying to get an appeal ready for the masking case we filed where the judge just wrote a, a crazy decision that referenced, we're not going to get into a battle of the experts. And Patty Finn is like, we didn't cite an expert. We cited the CDC's numbers on the CDC website. Right. I think because of that, on appeal, I think that case uh, could get sent back to the lower court, um, or they could take it and 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 run with it. So, but it, again, appeals, time, money, money. So it's NewYorkStandsUp.org. Um, get involved, become a volunteer, sign up, uh, the, join the grassroots effort because you know New York Stands Up is part of the MAFA, Make Americans Free Again, and that's a national group that's growing. And I think we're near 20 states that are part of that right now. And uh, we we need that to continue and, and grow to all 50 states. Right. And I know it's not necessarily in your wheelhouse, but you are a litigator and, and a uh, and a warrior for uh, justice and truth and freedom. Uh, I am wondering just your opinion, because I'm very upset about what's going on in D.C. and the whole push to make patriots or anyone fighting back against this uh, rogue regime. It feels like we're feels like we're in the French Revolution or something. We have like a monarchy and then all of us. And, and now it's like it's not even about race or religion or anything that they've been pushing on us to divide us. So we're not paying attention. But uh, I've been very scared about because of what I do, obviously, uh, I've been very scared about this uh, new designation of domestic terrorists and uh, turning the Patriot Act against we the people. Are you getting at all um, attacked or are you finding, because um, I, I asked Pam the same thing. It seems like any patriots out there that are trying to uh, actually stand for the constitution and rule of law are actually getting targeted. Are you finding that at all? Or No, I, I, think, I think that, because they've controlled the national media, 
they just consider we're not a threat. Right. And I like that that's how they think. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, eventually it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bite them. Right. Hard. Right. Because the big thing that you said before is because I've been surprised that more lawyers aren't taking on these cases that locally as well. And I think it's because they're scared because it also appears that the Bar Association, who's already threatened to take Giuliani, Lynn Wood, um, Sidney Powell's licenses for them even questioning the election. Uh, it seems that the um, the licensing board is, is has gone completely rogue and people are scared and they don't want to be. Uh, their their livelihoods, their licenses taken away. And then we have the issue of um, this surveillance and track and trace. Uh, what do you make of this, uh, this idea that you have to download some kind of Excelsior pass to have your life back? This seems to me just so crazy and egregious. Well, this is antithetical to what our forefathers bled, fought, and died to procure and preserve and we had better fight back right now right or we are not going to have our children's children enjoying their rights and their privileges as american citizens yeah i mean when, when you feel like you know 1984 is actually where we are living in uh, orwell's times it's incredibly scary and that's why i'm so grateful to have you on and to share uh newyorkstandsup.org with people because uh the more of you the more people will be inspired to get out there and and help out and again it requires a lot of they have so much money and power and then they also have our taxpayer dollars going to fight people like you and, and um, Ms. Flint, Ms. Finn, and all these great people that are actually fighting back for God and country and our children. So um, I just wanted to tell everyone to please, please go to New York Stands Up, see how you can help and volunteer. Also, I know uh, Pam Popper is somebody that's great to check out because she can uh, help people organize in their areas to start their own groups. And um, you can do that as well. And I know your cases are online. And um, so people can find you there. And um, I just want to encourage everyone to take a look at um, what Carl's doing because uh, we can all do our part. It doesn't just have to be a lawyer, right? People that can do correct. many things. Everyone needs to get involved. I, at every event I speak at, I say minimally, you as an individual, right? A, a sovereign, you know, we the people, you as an individual, need to run your mouth. Right. Do not let them make you afraid to let other people around you know that this is not acceptable to you and that you are not going to bow down, period. First and foremost, you've got to assert what you believe. You know, second, then whatever your unique gift is in every one of you has those, yeah. right? Every human being is uniquely gifted with something in this world. And whatever that gift is, we need it right now. Right. We, the people, need every gift of every human being being involved in this process. And then if you can give financially, you should do so. We collect it at newyorkstandsup.org. Uh, if you can become a volunteer, yeah. uh, do so. And then get involved in your community and uh, make things happen.
Yeah. And, and that's the truth. Don't be silent because, you know, we do have to look back at our forefathers. They lost people don't really well, they don't teach it anymore. But people that do care about the Constitution and our founding fathers and the truth, not the rewritten truth and the uh, total degradation of our founding fathers and their fight. Uh, we need to remember that um, Washington and all of them, they were just they were a lot of them were farmers and pastors and they came here for a religious freedom and they were forced to fight and they did. And thank God they did because we have the most amazing country that's being uh, totally torn apart by a small group of people. Honestly, I believe we are the majority. I just feel like most people don't know what to do or where to go, or where to start, which is why I'm super grateful for your group. But also, you know, they lost a lot of battles, but they won the war. And I, I believe that this is uh, we have God on our side, first of all. And uh, I believe that this is a true good versus evil situation that, um, like you said, everyone has a part to play and they didn't have a choice in 1776. They had to fight or die. And um, sadly enough, in a different sense, I think we're there right now, too. So uh, any any last words? <laughs> yeah, I just say thank you for uh, getting the message out and uh, truly get involved. And, and may it be our legacy, really. Yeah, that we preserve our rights, freedoms and privileges for our children's children. Yeah. And how's your son doing, by the way? He's doing better. He's almost back to where he was before he got thrown out of school by the governor. Yeah, I had that, too, with a, with a few friends. And then uh, and your daughters are doing OK. Yep. Good, because yep. we that's really what we have to worry about. Like you said, if we don't fix this now, our kids and our grandkids are not going to have any kind of life like we did. And we got to remember that it's up to us. And uh, thank you so much, Carl. I'm so grateful. Uh, if you have any good lawsuits coming up or any wins, please let me know. I'd love to have you back on. And uh, again, it's uh, NewYorkStandsUp.org, and uh, Carl's fighting for us, and we got to fight with, alongside of him. We're all in this battle, and and the bottom line is, it's like a American Revolution 2.0, and either you fight or or you die at this point, or you become a slave, and we're not going to take it. So uh, thanks, Carl, and Absolutely. Uh, good luck, and uh, hopefully I'll see you again soon, and keep fighting the good fight. Everyone's all right, very we'll grateful. do. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye.